to the very first episode of Soul, Purpose, and Sisterhood. This is your host, Aaliyah McDaniel, and y'all, I am so excited to be finally, finally, finally recording this first episode. This has been a long time coming, and as been as I've been navigating how I really wanted to show up. So for those of you guys that are new to me, and also for those of you guys that are old to me, you know that I've spent the last, oh my goodness, 10 years plus um, blogging, writing, um, showing up on video, and right now my heart is leading me to podcast. So let me just tell you a little bit about what you can expect from Soul, Purpose, and Sisterhood. First, I'm kind of still sitting with the name of it. So this might change in a couple of weeks and a month, who knows? But I also know that I need to go ahead and, and jump off the diving board, so to speak, and not let a name hold me back. So first thing that you need to know is that we might be changing the name at some point as spirit leads me. Another thing that you need to know about this podcast is that really I'm here to be a voice for black women. Does that mean that other women and other people, however their gender identity can show up? Absolutely. But who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to my sisters. And I'm really here to teach about self-love, healing, and how do you stand up in your divine purpose as a black woman? In this world and in this era that we're in, we get so many messages and we're bombarded with so many ideas and concepts from external telling us who we need to be. And I'm really here to let you know that the voice that you have within you, the ancestors that guide you, the spirit that you revere is already there and is already enough and is already teaching you and revealing to you who you are. And I'm just here simply as a guide to help you along that journey. The other thing is I want to hold space and hold space for sanctuary for our own spiritual development. But above all else, we're going to have fun. So for those of you guys that know me, you know that, you know, I'm Sophista Ratchet. I'm all of those things. I could talk to you about all of the different ancestors worship. And then we're going to geek out over Beyonce and I'm going to be twerking. So know that you're going to get all of those things when you're signing up for Soul, Purpose and Sisterhood. And so in order to in make the most of our time together and to enjoy ourselves, I'm going to tell you four things that you need to do. Are you ready? So the first one is you're going to need to grab some paper. I'm going to be dropping some gems. I'm going to be dropping some information. And so you might want to write it down. I really believe that when we write things down, we create muscle memory and it sticks into our brains a lot better. But if you're listening to this in the car or on the go, you may not be able to do that. So just go ahead and make sure that you take mental notes so that you can come back and, and jot it down when you get a chance. Rule number two, you need to pour a drink from my three W's. Choose one. You either have water, you have whiskey, or you have wine. Right now, I'm drinking some water because, you know, I'm a little bit nervous filming or recording my first podcast, so I don't want to mess up too much, but I definitely have some water going on. But as we get into the weeks and the months and the episodes, you will know that I'm a whiskey girl. I love me some bourbon, and I'm experimenting with all different types. So I can't wait to see what your favorite of the three W's are. Third rule is subscribe. Please support me by hitting subscribe in the show notes, by sharing this with your friends, sharing this with your loved ones, and um, make sure that you're around so as I announce the next episodes that you are here to listen to it. And finally, number four rule, have fun. Y'all, we're going to keep this all the way real. I'm not going to come in here flaunting my degrees, even though that might come up. I cuss, I drink, I consult my ancestors, and with all of those things um, 
with me, no telling what this ride and this journey is going to look like. So I hope that you just sit back and you relax and that you um, lean into this experience along with me. So with all of that being said, I really want to talk to y'all today about five truths about why shit is not going your way. I was just talking to a loved one just recently, and we're talking around how sometimes, especially as black women, we keep pushing, 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 trying to um, reach the next level, whether that be in career, our relationships, or in life, and we get frustrated that we are not getting the results and outcomes that we desire. And we oftentimes turn that energy inwards and we think that there must be something wrong with us, or we get bitter and we think about, you know, how might we be being victimized and we're, and it's unclear to us about, you know, I'm working hard, I'm working and I'm doing all of these things. So how come I'm not getting the results that I want? And it really caused me to think about that there are truly um, five different reasons why sometimes you're putting in all the work, but shit just isn't going your way. And so here, here are my first five. And afterwards, just so that you know, I don't just beat you up. This is not a blame game. I'm not going to be participating in dragging sisters down. But what I am going to do is tell you some truth about what you um, about why this is happening, along with three different ways about things that you can do about it. So you ready? Let's get ready. So the first reason why shit isn't going your way is because you are trying to take the old with the new into the new, excuse me. And so, you know, you hear that saying about how you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. Well, often the same thing is true when we think about our spiritual journey or just the life lessons that we have. What we learned at 10 and what we learned at 15 and what we learned at 21 served us for the development that we needed at that time. We needed to learn those lessons so that we can access that level. And we needed to learn those lessons to create a foundation, but we can't continue to operate in that same kind of way at 30, at 40, at 50. So um, here's an example for me. And this is the first episode. We just not getting to know each other, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my own experience with this. You know, as a child who grew up and experienced different traumas, um, there are certain things that I had that I learned early on as a way to cope. So I learned that I needed to take care of myself. I learned that I couldn't ask for help because it was not dependable. I learned that I need to, um, you know, have faith as it was taught to me then, pray about it. And I learned all of those things to help me grind. And it served my purpose. You know, I grew up in a time and in an era where crack was just hitting all of my loved ones, hitting so many people in my community and hitting um, and really touching my life and just created a lot of dysfunction in my life. Not I wasn't an addict, but um, I was around people that were. And because I had those lessons, they really served me. It helped me to really push myself. It helped me to um, stay focused on education. It helped me to know that education was literally the only thing that was going to save my life. Uh, you know, I, I did everything according to plan, so to speak. Went to college, graduated with, you know, in four years with my degrees and went on to a career in education. And um, it really served me and it was and it really helped me to get to that next plateau. But I also stagnated because I realized that even for all of that growth and for all of that, those things that I had overcome, that same, those same lessons were not going to serve me in the next realm. In order for me to go into the next realm, I couldn't be mistrustful of everybody around me. I couldn't keep pushing myself until um, my body shut down. I couldn't keep pushing myself and not needing anybody because that was going to, that ended up being what my life showed me a very lonely experience. And it, it led to all kinds of health issues 
and um, my body breaking down. It led to a lot of unhappiness and it also created a lot of imposter syndrome and self-doubt inside of me. So you need to really think about what are you holding on to those old lessons that are no longer serving you and how are you trying to bring that into the next level because maybe it's time for you to to, um, separate from that. If you are come from the Christian tradition, and you've heard me talk about this before on my live videos, but um, even in the Bible, it talks about that when you are a child, you speak as a child and you do as a child, but when you become a man or when you become an adult, you got to put away childish things. And that's not to denigrate where you came from, but instead what it means is that in order for you to be on the next level, you got to learn some new skills and you can't keep bringing up the things that worked for you in the past because it's not going to work for you on the level that you're trying to get to. So that's number one. The second reason why shit just isn't going your way is because you're not clear about who you really are. You know who you're supposed to be. You know the titles that you own, that you have. You know the things that you own. You know how you need to show up for everybody else, but you're not really clear about what makes you, you. You don't even halfway believe in the stuff that that you say you believe in. You do those things out of habit and you do those things out of expectations and you do those things because um, in some kind of way you think that's going to gain you favor but that's not who you really are and because that's not who you really are you're fighting an eternal battle and your mind and your energy and your spirit is so busy trying to deal with that conflict in your psyche that you can't fully show up and be able to embrace and see and recognize and take advantage of the abundance that's around you because you have this internal war going on. And so the second reason why things are not going your way is because you're not clear about who you really are. What is your journey? Who are you outside of all of the things that people tell you that you need to be? Who is the unique spark of a human being that came into this existence in this time and in this space in order to have impact on yourself, your generations before and after and on this world? Who is that? And so let me just tell you before I get you to number three about, you know, how I show up. Yes, I have my little show notes. Yes, I have my outline. But more than anything, I ask for spirit to use me. I ask for my ancestors to come and to guide my words and to guide my voice so that everything that I tell you is not coming from my own heart and from my own ego, but it's coming as a voice from those that have come before us, and I'm channeling that because I know that there's somebody out here that needs to hear that. So if I go off script or, you know, you hear me in my voice, you just know that this is coming from all of my pantheon um, beyond me. So the third reason why shit isn't going your way is because you've been suppressing and avoiding your healing. Let me say that again because that that somebody's trying to pretend like they didn't hear that or pretend like that didn't that didn't apply to them. So let me just say it again. The third reason why shit isn't going your way is because you have been suppressing and avoiding your healing. Now let me be clear about something before I break down what this means. What I am not saying is that only people who are 100% healed have um, abundance in their life. Nor am I trying to say the people that have the abundance in their life right now is because they've done some kind of healing or they, um, they've, they've gone beyond suppressing who they are. What I'm talking about is you 
who's listening to this and knowing that some of us are afraid to even begin the healing journey. We're afraid because we think that if you give up the little bit of control that you have right now, if you give up that the reins and the tight reins that you're holding onto all aspects of your life, you somehow think that you're going to crumble or you think that you're going to have lack or you think that you're going to be without. And so you're afraid of giving up what you know, even if it's the devil that you know, because you're afraid of what the unknown is going to look like. You're afraid that you will have nothing at all. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that if you are trying to avoid those things, those broken parts of your life or avoid the trauma or avoid the ugliness or avoid the pain or avoid the hurt or avoid the confusion, all that's going to create is more noise and chaos and internal um, conflict that will prevent you again from getting to that next level and about realizing your why and realizing your purpose in your life. And so, again, we're going to talk a little bit about what that means to to um, go beyond the the avoidance. But I can tell you and I, and I put this in a post the other day, you can tell that you're avoiding and that you're suppressing if you're trying to micromanage the process micromanage, say, I'm going to heal. And, you know, over the next two weeks, I'm going to be over this. Over the next three weeks, I'm going to be over this. Or I should have been healed by now. When you have a time frame on what your healing is supposed to be, that's micromanaging. Another way that you can tell that you're avoiding the healing process is that you're unclear of what your feelings and emotions are. You think that your emotions are just the things that are on the extreme. You know the happiness, you know the sad, you know the anger, but you're not really clear about what are all of the range of emotions that are in between. So that's how you know that you've been avoiding. The other reason why that you know that you've been avoiding the the healing process and suppressing the healing process is because you've been telling yourself the same catchphrases that anybody that grew up in the black community know. Oh, just pray about it. Oh, just give it to God. Love your enemies. All of these things that you've been saying to gaslight yourself into what your feelings are supposed to be. And I put that in air quotes about what you think your feelings are supposed to be so much so that you're not even clear about what your own human emotions are. And you think that feeling those human emotions that may not be all love and light is somehow bad instead of realizing that who you are is a human being. Yes, you're a human being or a soul having a human experience, but right now in this time and in this realm, you're a human being. So you're allowed to have all of those feelings. And um, the fast thing, the last thing that you need to know about suppressing and avoiding your healing is that, you know, they say was buried dead, what's buried alive comes back. That if you keep trying to push these things down and push these things away or avoid, it's eventually going to keep coming up in different ways and shapes and forms. And I am very clear. I'm very clear because I have this argument all the time with God, spirit, divine universe, and all my ancestors every time. And I'm like, okay, so you're trying to be funny. I thought I was done with this, or I thought I was over that, or I thought that didn't pain me anymore, but you're going to keep showing me all of the layers of, and things that I still have to work on and still have to heal. And let me be clear about this as well. Needing to heal and needing to deal with stuff does not make you a bad person. You're not bad because you are taking longer than whatever your prescribed timeline that you thought it was supposed to be 
um, that you're taking longer than that. You're not a bad person and you're not at fault for the things that happen for it happen to you. But what you are responsible for is how do you integrate that experience into who you are? How do you learn from that experience? How do you really take the time to honor the human that you are and heal the inner child and heal the inner pieces of yourself and, and, and knowing that that's not going to ever be completed, that it's always a journey, but you're responsible for being on that journey. Because I fully believe that as you are on that journey and as you are on um, the, the forgiveness page, page and I'm sorry, forgiveness process of it, you allow your humanity to experience so much more abundance and so much beauty and so much color in the world. And that brings me to my fourth point about why shit just isn't going your way. And that's because you haven't forgiven yourself. You either have thought that forgiveness is this external thing that you're supposed to grant somebody else. You've gotten confused about what forgiveness is, or you've been still stuck in that place of pure anger or bitterness, some would even say, and don't realize that there's more, there's, there's, there's something else beyond anger. There's hurt, there's pain, there's sadness, there's a myriad of emotions. And, but because you've been locked in this one plane of that feeling that You've actually been poisoning yourself. You've actually been, everything that you've been holding in your mouth and holding in your heart has actually been leaking out into your own psyche and your own spirit and you've been poisoning yourself and you haven't learned how to forgive yourself yet. And you haven't even learned a lesson that the only person that you need to forgive is yourself. And let me tell you about what I mean by that. And this is actually my next podcast on forgiveness, the myth, lies, and truth. When you forgive yourself, It comes from a realization that the only thing that you've ever done wrong was to believe that who you are wasn't enough, that who you are wasn't good enough, that who you are wasn't deserving, that who you are is to blame for hurt and pain and trauma and tragedy in your life. And there's a whole process that you need to go through in order to forgive yourself. But that's re- that's the only reason why we need to forgive ourselves. Forever daring and forever thinking that who we are is not good enough. And as a result of us not forgiving ourselves, we punish ourselves. We punish ourselves by saying, let me not ask for too much. We punish ourselves for staying in situations beyond their expiration date. We punish ourselves by, by accepting lack and, ex- and expecting And dealing with and putting up with just a little bit to tide us over. And we punish ourselves by thinking that we don't deserve all of the greatness and riches, riches, both monetary and non-monetary in the world. And then that brings me to my very last point about why shit just isn't going your way. The fifth point is because we're still seeking external validation. When I say we're seeking external validation, it does not mean that it's bad to want to get praise or it's bad to want to feel good or to get acknowledgement for the things that we've done and accomplished and who we are. But the problem comes where we can't do that for ourselves. When we don't know how to say, damn girl, you did that. When you don't feel good about who you are, unless somebody else is telling you who you are. When you don't believe that you are a value and that you're good enough and that you're deserving and that you're perfect already until somebody else tells you, until somebody else gives you the green light into what you need to believe about yourself, until somebody else says that you are worthy. That's when you know And why, you know, shit just isn't going your way because you haven't learned to give yourself your flowers. But here's the good news. 
All of these things might be true. One of these things might be true. A negative of these things might be true in your life, but they don't have to be. They don't always have to be. And it doesn't matter if you're listening to this at the age of 16 or the age of 67, who you are right now can still go through adjustment. It can still go through change. It can still experience love. It can still experience wholeness. And the reason why I know is because you still have breath in your body. Your journey is not over on this side until the breath leaves your body. And still, even in the spirit world, it still has longevity and it has the next lifetimes. And so because you're listening to this in the human realm and because you're listening to this with breath in your body, there is still prime opportunity and time for you to do a new thing and to experience a new thing. So for today, I'm going to give you three things that you need to do starting today so that shit can start going right in your life. And did I mention I cuss? Yes, I did. So let me take a quick drink of water before I get on to this next thing. So the first thing, and if you haven't been taking notes up to this point, or if you're listening to this on um, in a mobile place and you can't stop right down, go ahead and look at the minute mark that it is right now and make a mental note that you need to come back to this minute because this is the time where you need to go and you need to take some take some notes. This is for you. Yes, you. Yes, you that's thinking, oh, she's not talking about me. Uh-huh, you too. So the first thing that you need to do in order for shit to start going in um, the direction that you desire is that you need to get clear about whose story you're living. Oftentimes, we're living our parents' dreams. We're living the community's dreams. We're making up, so to speak, for the ones that didn't make it and the ones who couldn't arrive at the place that you are. We're, We're here living sometimes for the ones that fucked up. And we're so busy with all these supposed to's, should's, needs to, that we don't even know what our own story and our own voice is outside of that. And so I will push you to really get clear. And here's a quick exercise. I want you to write down 15 things that you know to be true, whatever those are, to be true about your life. The 15 supposed to's that you feel are true about your life. And it doesn't matter if it's something very concrete and tangible, like I'm supposed to own a house by the time I'm 30, or I'm supposed to be married and have 2.5 children by the time I'm 30, to the, the more abstract things. I'm supposed to trust God in all situations. Whatever those things are, I want you to write down those 15 beliefs that you've been operating on. And I want you to write those down because what you'll find is that Sometimes we operate on beliefs that we're not even conscious that we are. But once we put it down on paper, we realize, damn, I've had a whole rule book for my life that I wasn't even aware of. And so therefore, I've been living an autopilot. So write those 15 beliefs down. But that's not even the hard part. The second thing is I want you to write down where did those beliefs come from? Who taught you that? How did you know that to be true? What showed up in your life, either from the people around you, from a direct message, or even from the coming from a place of lack? So what I mean by that is you might say, 
oh, I'm supposed to own a house by the time I'm 30. And I could be coming from a place of lack as well as a place of abundance because it could be saying, well, because I grew up in the projects or because we were on welfare or Section 8, therefore this is this thing I'm supposed to do in order to not be like the people around me. Or it could be coming from this place of, well, everybody else around me is doing it, so therefore I'm supposed to be doing it too. Or it might be my mother, my father, my grandparents, my uncles, um, T.D. Jakes, whoever it is, taught me that this is what it's supposed to be. And I want you to get clear about where those messages are coming from. And then the third part of that is I want you to ask yourself, how does this feel in my gut? How does that belief feel in my gut? Is it something that makes me feel free? Is it makes me, is it something that makes me feel joy? Is it something that makes me feel pleasurable? Is it something that makes my body relax and lean into? Or does it bring my body anxiety, um, nervousness? Do I notice myself tense up? Because for those of us that may not be clear about what our emotions are, the first way that we can become clear about how we really feel about a thing is to pay attention to our body. And when our body is tensed up or nervous or feeling that place of fear or fright, that's often a sign that there is something that we perceive as danger outside of us. That's a sign that something is not actually resonating on our spiritual level and it's not resonating on our, in our mental level. And so pay attention to how your body is responding to those different belief systems because that's going to be a good clue about what is actually your story and what's for you versus you living somebody else's story. And you might say, well, Aaliyah, I have to do this because if I don't do it, then nobody else is going to. Or I have to make it because my whole community is depending on me. Or I have to do it because I respect and I love my mother and she told me that this is the way that, that they're supposed to be. You didn't come back as your mother, now did you? You came through your mother, but you didn't come back as your mother. Your mother has an opportunity to live her life. Those people around you have opportunities to live their life. So why do they get to live their life in your life too? That's simply not fair. And if you were supposed to be all of those people and be all of those things for those people, then you wouldn't have come back in the realm that you are now. You would have remained on that spirit side. And I want to remind you that it's possible to have both. It's not an either or situation. It's not choosing your community and choosing your family and choosing your religion and choosing those things or yourself. But what it's saying is that it's that you need to orient yourself to who you are first as your foundation. And the first person that you have any allegiance to or the first entity that you have any allegiance to is the God within and the God beyond and your ancestors. And once you get clear about what your connection is with them, and you can tell that again by your body is one very small way, then you are actually in a place to hear and to receive and to magnify and to manifest all that is for you. But you can't do that by living somebody else's fairy tale of your life. So, whew, that was that was some work right there. And that was just number one. And so here's a second thing. And I kind of touched on this a little bit. The second thing that you need to do to get shit going in the right direction for you is that you need to understand and explore your own pleasure, your own joy, your own gifts. It's been fascinating for me to work with women. And when I ask them the question of what brings you joy, what brings you pleasure, the inability to answer that question outside of their responsibility to others. They say, and I'm a mom too, so I understand what brings me joy is knowing that my kids are happy and safe. 
What brings me joy is knowing that, you know, I've showed up as a good daughter. What brings me joy is serving others. And all of those things are noble and beautiful, but they're not all that you're put on this earth to be. Your children are going to grow up and move on. The community that you serve is getting service from other people. Your family eventually is going to fade and change. And who will you be when those things are no longer there or you're no longer in that, in that place or that relationship with them? Who are you going to be when that job is over? You can't bring your job home with you and be living that job 24-7. So who are you without it? And what I see is a lot of times women have these um, identity crises because they don't know who they are without that. They don't know what brings them joy because it's always been contingent upon what made somebody else happy. They don't know what brings them joy, whether it's physical joy and physical pleasure to what's in their heart desire. And so, again, just like that last exercise, I want you to think about that question. What truly brings me joy outside of anybody else? Outside of my role, outside of my title, what brings me joy? What makes me feel alive? What makes me laugh? What makes me feel free? What makes me feel happy? What makes me feel sexy? What makes me feel desirable outside of anybody else telling me that I deserve joy and I deserve pleasure and that they're giving something to me? And that's not an easy question for you to answer right away or answer just off the top, especially if you haven't pondered that. But what I implore you is to do two things. One, pray on it. And pray on it simply means asking that question out loud and asking that question of your higher self, whether you believe that higher self was within you or beyond you, whether you call that higher self God, Jesus, your ancestors, whether you call that higher self um, whatever spirits or angels, Ask it out loud so that you are ready and that you are receptive to hear back the answer. And you'll know you're hearing the answer because you'll start to notice and you'll start to pay attention to more things. It'll spark something in you to be like, ooh, that does give me joy. Or, ooh, this was fun. Or, let me say yes to a lot more to things that I hadn't allowed myself to be open to before. And as you start to be open to those things and allow yourself to, to experience and to say yes to life more, I want you to take note about what those things are that bring you joy. Keep in running lists. Write it down on your notes um, function or application on your phone. Write it down in your journal. Write it on some index cards or some post-it cards and leave it on your altar. I want you to be clear and I want you to write down and I want you to take stock and inventory of what brings you pleasure and real pleasure. And that's another conversation for another day because we talk about all the things, all the things. Spirituality isn't just something that lives in your head and lives in your heart. It lives in your body and the way that we experience God can be everything from, you know, catching the spirit at church to having the most beautiful orgasm that you've ever experienced and feeling that connection. I told y'all we get grown around here. And then the third thing that you're going to do, and this is going to be a work in progress, and this is going to be something that you're going to maybe make a few iterations of. But after you are clear about whose story you're living and you're getting clearer about your beliefs and you're getting clearer about who you really are and what you really believe and what really resonates in your soul. And as you're getting clear about what your own pleasure is and what your own joy is and what your own gift is, then I want you to write a vision for your life. I want you to write a vision of that highest thing of integrating all of those pieces together to write a statement to say, who are you? Who are you? 
Who are you in your heart of hearts? Who are you in your core? Who are you in this place and time? Who are you in this body? Who are you in black girl magic? Who are you in this world? Who are you in your gifts? Write that down. Write it down and make it clear. And even though I don't call myself a Christian anymore, I have full reverence for the tradition that I was raised in and for the tradition of my ancestors. And what I know is that the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And so I say that to say that the words that we speak and the words that we write and the words that we make plain are not only our petition to God, it's our realization of the God in us and beyond us. And it's also a way for us to affirm and magnetize and manifest that which we desire. So write it down. Don't just think it, write it down. And I don't care if the first time you write it down is just a simple sentence of five words or that you're, what you write it down is a full five page manifesto about who you are, but write down who you are, not who you are, who you thought you needed to be, who you are in your essence. So how was this for you? How was this for you? I would love for you guys to just comment back. Send me an email. My email address is Aaliyah at AaliyahMcDaniel.com or make some comments in wherever you are um, streaming this podcast. What is the thing that is resonating with you right now? What is the nugget that you needed to hear that your spirit has needed to hear? What is the question that you just got answered for yourself? What is that thing that made you just want to shout and be like, damn, that's what I needed to hear. Hit me back and let me know what is on your spirit and what is it that just really resonated for you right now. And don't forget to go ahead and hit subscribe. Don't forget to share this with a loved one and stay tuned for next week as I come back with episode two of Soul, Purpose, and Sisterhood. Thank you.